When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. Welcome to episode number 404 of On the Corner, the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Vass, joined as always by the person very ashamed that I just tried to do an impression of a 404, <laughs> Nick Pollock. Nick, how you doing? I, I went to, what is happening? I went to like 404 podcast not found. <laughs> oh, that's my, see, that's I smart. Know. I was thinking of like the 404s that like make beats, but 404 not yeah. found. I'm thinking of the 808s, no, 808s were the sound of the 90s, man. And maybe I'm confusing 808s and 404. I think that's exactly <laughs> what I'm doing right now. But you reminded me of a fantastic joke where someone was like, where someone said that like crypto.com arena after crypto tanked, they were like, it's going to be 404 not found arena because oh, yeah. the website was just, oh, that's so good. Yeah. Um, hey, we're not talking about that. We're not talking about jokes. No. We're talking about baseball, baby. How yeah. you doing, Nick? I mean, I'm good. I had a wonderful weekend. I'm meeting oh. some people. And um, it's just essentially just very exciting. There are a lot of things. This is going to be, I think, my the busiest month of uh, my life in a long time of just like I need to get so many things done for the future of PL. And uh, I'm so excited about so much of it. So uh, I just got to execute it right. That's uh, that's just what I got to do. Yeah. Yep. 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 Uh, In the meantime, you should be checking out these streams. You know, Nick has been doing great work over on Playback TV tomorrow. Or if you're listening to this today, Nick, you've got a huge podcast with Spore, the trade deadline breakdown. I'm going to try and join, but tell the people what they should expect today. Yeah, I've done this, I think, for four straight years. This will be like the fourth straight year I've done this with Spore, which is super fun. I dress up in a suit. Suit. um, And absolutely, because we are reporting on the trade deadline as it happens at 3 p.m. Eastern time on playback.tv slash Pitcher list. We're doing it through the end of the deadline, which is actually 6 p.m. this year, um, Eastern Time on August 1st. And what we're going to be doing is, which is really exciting because it's on playback.tv, is that I, we can bring in people in the chat live onto the stream, which is so much fun. If you're a fan of, uh, of say, the Astros, maybe you guys give Justin Berland, maybe he's already been traded by the time this podcast comes out. But uh, if he hasn't yet, something happens at the deadline, you can come on and give your live reaction to the trade with us. It's going to be super, super fun. We have people from the industry joining in, hopefully, as you mentioned yourself, Justin Mason, mm-hmm. of course, as we've brought up as well, we'll be joining us also some pitcher staffers, all that fun stuff. Um, be there 3 p.m. Eastern time at playback.tv slash pitcherlist. It's going to be fantastic. I mean, today I was kind of like, all right, guys, like save some save some stuff for tomorrow, know, right? right? Like <laughs> we, we, we got to do some stuff tomorrow, too. But I think that's actually one of the things we're going to hit upon today. Uh, you know, we'll focus on the names that are theoretical trade candidates or guys who have been traded. We we have I, I want to say one quick thing. I had a very surreal experience. You know, you and I have been extremely fortunate over the past couple of 
years to be able to interview a good amount of pitchers for talking yes. pitching. And while this is not a pitcher that we have necessarily interviewed for a talking pitching podcast, it is someone who was a part of a trade. And I reached out to them and I were like, I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. Congratulations. Like, how are you feeling? And they gave me like the most vulnerable, beautiful answer I've ever heard about. Oh, Just really? Like, they were like, I'm, I'm not great <laughs> like i'm not oh, great man. like i'm yeah. i'm just confused and i don't know what and it's like and i thought about it because i saw people tweeting about this person today being like about their performance and about what they think of the future performance and man it just put so much stuff into perspective for me about like okay so now this person like has to change their lives and go to a totally different city and like talk with their family and and their kids about what that means and like it was just so surreal for them to be like i'm not i don't get it like i just don't get it and like so think about that just even for a second, even for a split second, even just listening to me say it, just think about that, about like these guys are, you know, going to have to uproot their entire lives and change everything. And I don't know, just crazy to think about. Anyway, not to detract from our fantastic I, podcast. I'm all today. about talking about the humanity of baseball mm. players. So I, 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 I find that very interesting. I feel bad for them. Um, I hope that they find, uh, you know, over time it grows on them and they, it makes more sense to them and they can get comfortable uh, where they're headed uh but uh yeah i can totally understand that we just talked about these trades it's like oh there's a name there's a name it's a kind of fun thing for us and yeah for them it's it's not really that fun yeah it's not that fun anyway not to i don't want to be too much of a debbie downer let's jump into the top 100 here okay and i'll give you a new tier list name okay this is video game environments that you would be forced to live in Okay. Live in? Yeah, like you live in, like it is your day to day. You wake up here, you go to sleep here. This oh is where, God. yeah, you're like forced to live in, in these. What? Okay. Yeah, I know. That's just, hey, that is what it is, baby. Um, all right. I let's jump like, in. I, I've never thought about this before of like, never. Yeah, no. I mean, most, of, most never... of the video games are like, well, okay, I'm someone who's very much, I, I, I've spent a lot of my time kind of meticulously crafting elements of my life that I enjoy. Mm -hmm. And I've been to other cities and stuff. And I say every single time, no, I'm going to live in Brooklyn. Like, I cannot live in these other cities. Sure. I'm so lucky to have so many wonderful people. And my chosen family are around me here. They live like 10 minute walk away from me. And it's, it's just wonderful. And like, I can't think of like, nah, I want to go to that fantastical place where there's a giant villain or something like, like the whole thing is just an uproot of everything I've created. So I just haven't had that. You but all right, I'll, I will do my best. You've never I played got Zelda and just like daydreamed about like, what's it like living here? Right. I mean, yeah, but it seems really boring and I don't know how to ride a horse. <laughs> That's true. But maybe you're just like, get all these pots away from that man. He's breaking. You know, if, I, I've actually thought about this a lot of like, why would anyone like live here? They feel like it's just like nothing. You in, you're in this fantasy video game town and there's like sure. two houses. Yeah. And like, how do you, <laughs> what is your day to day? Where's the school? Where's the... <laughs> Where How do you make school? any money? Where uh, do you get all of your food? Like, I don't understand. This is, this is going to be, this is a great segue into what these categories are going to be. I'm so excited to have to make you do this. What is that? 13 times. Okay, great. Uh, <laughs> let's jump in tier one here, one through five. I think, didn't the, did the tier change again here? Is it a different tier? No, it's like the exact it same. It's the exact same. All right. So it's one through five, Strider, Cole, McClanahan, Castillo, and Kevin Gosman. What's it called and why is it called that? Oh, gosh. What is the most ideal video game place to live? Uh, I don't I don't even like I think of every single place. I'm like, that place stinks. That place stinks. That like, what is the ultimate utopia? 
Video game. I okay. Okay. I'm going to go with the greatest player ever of SimCity 2000 before there's a disaster. Okay, great. SimCity's a good one because it's kind of like true to life. Right? Like, okay. Actually, it's like, hey, we've made your utopia. We know how to do urban development to yeah. make it so that there's good transportation and you have access to all the amenities that you could possibly want. This is, this is so funny. This is so steeped in realism that it cracks me up. Um, all right. Uh, anyone on, like, you know, uh, the, not a lot of like movers and shakers here. It's the same tier as last week with a lot of guys having, you know, relatively dominant performances over the past week. I guess let me know why there were no changes just nothing drastic enough to happen for you to think okay oh, what do you want me to do i mean strider is at 199 strikeouts so that's insane uh garrett cole is looking like everything you've ever wanted him to be the, the poster child of stability over the last two months shane mcclanahan just had what two weird innings in the past two starts yet the skills were phenomenal and like okay we're not going to touch that luis castillo it's hot castillo summer he was actually the featured pitcher because I, I just wanted to feature Luis Castillo because he's just been so great this year. And we haven't really said like, wait, he wasn't number four at the beginning of the year. Um, and Kevin Gosman is at 171 strikeouts. That's second most in the majors. Yeah. So I, I can't really do anything like, yeah, these are your five rocks right now. Man, that second Gosman at bat to Otani was something, yeah. too. That was beautiful. That was a heck of an at bat. Let's move on to tier two here, six oh, through God. 11. <laughs> Zach Gallen, Tyler Glasnow, Joe Musgrove, and Max Scherzer kind of flip-flop there at 8 and 9, followed by Blake Snell and Shohei Otani at number 11. What's it called and why is it called that? Oh, God. This is this is going to be this is going to be one of those and I'm going to figure this out and I'm going to get in a groove at some point. I know. I, it's, I feel it's it. It's going to take a moment for me, okay, everyone? I uh, do I have to open my Steam library? I don't know. I might <laughs> You might have to. You might have to just like Google <laughs> just video games. Video games. Uh, but the thing is, like, all these, like, post-apocalypse, like, no, I'm not going to say Doom 2. Like, <laughs> I mean, come on. Why not? You've got, like, um, w- amazing No! Weaponry. That's terror. That's absolute. You're living in hell, literally. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, okay. I I am going to go with... Oh, gosh. I don't know. Um. Ugh, fine. Fine. I'm going to go with... Skyrim because it feels like if I'm like super amazing sauce and it's Uh just like cool I can be any skill that I want and I can just dominate and there are dragons and that seems kind of cool because I can be more powerful than dragons yeah yeah there you go guys this is I gotta get revved up I'm so sorry but yeah there's your Skyrim as number two it's you know it's not as like ideal uh... I'm like you know what I like a good economy and, and people in the city, but fine. You know, this is not so bad too. just feel bad for that arrow to the knee that you're going to take. Let's, uh, Wait, let's well, talk that's about the soldier. That's not me. Okay, good. Oh, that's a good clarification. Thanks. Um, yeah, let's talk problem. about a, one of the bigger theoretical trade pieces, although it looks like the Padres are likely going to stay put after that sweep against the Rangers. But let's talk about Blake Snell. So if we were just talking about his past, what, 10 games, you might make him top five because he's been arguably one of the most dominant pitchers in baseball. Give me a reason then, uh, or at least your logic behind him right behind Scherzer, who struggled a little bit more uh, over the course of the season. Yeah, so it's it's kind of hard to figure out how sustainable this is with Blake Snell because across his last six games, Blake Snell has not had a game under three walks. Um, and his last three, it's been 16 walks total, which is absolutely bonkers. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and two of those came with just four strikeouts as well. And it does feel like every single start, he's refinding his four-seamer uh, location. Now, I will say that against Texas, much better than we saw against Pittsburgh and Toronto as far as actually executing the Blake Snell blueprint. Didn't get as many bites when he needed it, but um, that's why it was four walks, but it was nine strikeouts. He kind of cruised through this one um, when it came to when like actually bearing down, um, though it was 101 pitches in five frames, right? So there is still a very obvious floor in front of us here. We know that at a blink of an eye, Snell could just go in the opposite direction once again. And it's why he has a, a 129 whip for the season, which is absolutely startling. Now, mm-hmm. that is for the season, though. And if you really want to talk about this incredible run um, that Blake Snell has had since May 25th, where he's only had one game of allowing not one earned run or fewer, which is insane. That was two earned runs. That's a stretch of a 0.73 ERA and yet a 112 whip with a 14% walk rate. That's kind of ridiculous. Like, you just don't see that. Yeah. And it's typical for that not to last, not be sustainable with a 14% walk rate. Insane. So it's it's, not really something that I want to lean in on too hard with Blake Snell, um, specifically that the walks haven't been there. And Max Scherzer, I don't know. It's kind of shocking to me. I remember hearing that the Rangers traded for Scherzer and that other teams considered Verlander a higher prize than than Scherzer while in fantasy I consider Scherzer more more capable I guess for the rest Mm. of the year maybe I'm crazy with that but I felt that every one of his seven um, clunkers felt kind of abnormal Mm. and then he had 12 stud starts otherwise and feel like yeah this is just kind of business as usual and that's just how it is Um, while Verlander's skills are not nearly as polished I think as Scherzer's uh, so yeah, I just feel like Scherzer's the same guy. There isn't. I'm not really worried about the four ERA right now. A lot of guys have four plus ERAs, and they're sure. you know how good they are. You know, so I'm not worried about it. Yeah, I mean, not to get too trade talky too, but even I'm also like, I just don't know about Verlander and Scherzer this year. They're starting to look a little bit their age this year, and I don't know if they're going to be the same dominant playoff pieces mm-hmm. yeah. uh, that they have been in the past. Anyone else in this tier you want to hit upon before we go to tier three? I'll be completely honest with you. Um, you guys, fast. You did everybody a disservice this podcast oh, oh no, because why? you gave that that category, and now I'm spending every single moment not thinking about other pitchers to talk about. Literally, just what other environments can I think of that are good? <laughs> but um, but no, I mean, I, I need to give Musgrove a little bit of a boost. Uh, Glasgow mm. just that good. Zach Allen is weird right now. I I've been saying it for a couple of weeks, and his approach is just kind of like all over the place almost, and he's figuring sure. it out each start. Forcing were still good enough, but sometimes it's high, sometimes it's low, sometimes it's away. It's and then the whatever secondary appears, but I don't like it when there isn't some sort of consistency to what they do. Um, and there's just kind of small adjustments from that. But this is actually like, no, I'm going to use this pitch today like this today. I'm like, what? Okay, that doesn't really work today, or that does. So I don't mm. really know there. And uh, yeah, that, that's kind of strange. And Otani looked great with his forcing last time, so that was cool. Okay, great. Let's move on to tier three here, 12 through 17. Corbin Burns up one, Zach Wheeler up three, followed by Hazel Cesardo, who stays at 14. Pablo Lopez, a little bit of a jump, as well as James Paxton up to 16 with Framber Valdez dropping down five to number 17. I'll give you another second here while I vamp, while you can look at it. I got it. I got it. I have this one. All right, one. great. So what what is it called and why is it called that? This one is called the Mushroom Kingdom because it feels like that should be like 1-1, right? I mean, that's just like happy, happy, joy, joy. I mean, obviously, like Bowser's defeated and stuff. Not, not touched, so, right? Okay. But, but like from which Mario game? 
Well, that's well, saying, let's just say like just the the you know the generic generic. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, sure. But here's the problem: they're like only two humans, mm. or three of them, four maybe if you want to count Daisy. I don't, five or six Wario and Waluigi. I just, ah, yeah. you know this is not like I'm going to be so bored. <laughs> this is, <laughs> like I can't fit into this place. <laughs> what do I do? Like, oh, here's a mushroom. Like I don't want to get taller. I'm already tall enough. That's this is, so you know, I, I feel so hot all of a sudden. Oh, I have this ice one that, like, oh gosh. Not the only really person I know who's I like, oh, I'd live in this video game world. I'd be so bored because the economy just cracks. Yeah, me up. I'd be like, what um, do I do? You I know? love it. I, I absolutely love it. Let, let's let's dive in here with a person. Like we we are often coming into a season. There are veteran pitchers or pitchers who have been in the league for a minute who we speculate. If they're coming off injury, if they're going to be effective, they're not going to be effective. Is this a good $1 pick in the late rounds? And yeah. James Paxton has Ooh. proven to be that, right? I mean, yeah, he had that one clunker against Chicago a couple of weeks ago in the middle of July. But now, you know, here he is, uh, you know, doing very well against the Mets. Pretty well. Almost got a little singled out against uh, against San Francisco with eight hits. But still, 5K is executing with that four-seamer at the top of the zone relatively well. Also kind of dotting low and away, pairing it with his curveball. Ends the day with a 30% CSW on the start, but picking up 13 whiffs. What are you seeing with James Paxton, and how close is he to that kind of ace-is-gonna-ace label? So he's really close, and I almost just gave it to James Paxton, but he uh, had a two-whip. In the last game, mm-hmm. I'm, I, it's just by, I, I know he really deserves it. I get it. It's a 334 year raise. I mentioned a 104 whip, 28% strikeout rate. Um, and he's just been the, and just so consistent with four seamers over the zone. And the cutter has really stepped up as well as time's gone on. A 20% swing strike around the pitch with a 63% strike rate. Like, we'll take that all day. Don't look at the percentiles of it. Oh, no, it's a low strike rate, 31. 31st percentile, 31th. I just said that word, guys. Uh, 31st percentile in strike rate. But no, that's because cutters are traditionally not swinging strike rate pitches. And when it mm-hmm. is, then think of it like a slider. Um, and then that's a 63% strike rate on a slider, which is way, way better. And then you also have this curveball that doesn't allow hits, essentially. Um, that isn't as consistent, so like a 59% strike rate or so. But it's still very good for him. And that four-seamer is just dominant. I mean, it's a 30% CSW. X average is just 250 on it. He pounds his own with it. 13% strike swing strike rate. It's all there. Um, and it, it's really surprising. Uh, and to see 95.5 this year after sitting 92 in 2020, 94 in, in 2021, when we saw him briefly then, uh, we didn't really know if we'd get back to 95, 96. And here it is. It's great. Um, the only concern really is health at this point. And uh, that is a major concern. That is a reason yeah. why he's not up there because... Uh, he hasn't pitched 70 innings in a very long time, right? So yeah. uh, we hope that he can keep it up. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely the major thing to pay attention to. The last time he eclipsed 20 innings was 2019. So uh, that's <laughs> obviously a, a little yeah. scary. But you also, t- I mean, you don't need him for the rest of the season. You just need him to the playoffs until the end of the playoffs. Um, anyone else on this tier that you want to hit upon before going to tier four? Uh, yeah, it's as you guys know, of course, Fast sent me the, the box score of Jesus Lazardo after that terrible mm. ending against the Tigers as he smiles. Never smile <laughs> at a pitcher's <laughs> failure fast. How dare uh, you? Not his failure. Not his failure. I'm, I'm, what, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, no, after conceding last week, he's back, everyone. Um, Zach Wheeler's yeah. getting close to Ace is going to Ace. Uh, he's actually been just as good as Cole for the most part across his last seven games. Wow. Which is pretty dang cool. 
Um, as the defense finally isn't letting him down. He had the number one FIP in baseball, you know. Um, and then, uh, I mean, last time I checked, I was like, when he started, that that was the case. Uh, Corbin Burns is getting close to it, but honestly, the cutter is not getting low enough. And mm-hmm. he had a start that was really good because the, the curveball was excellent, but that, that went away. And it was other things. And you guys know how I am. It's like, I need to see the skills being repeated as opposed to, I lose this one, but I have a new skill show up. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to buy that new skill. I want to, like, yeah. I want the thing that you do consistently, and that makes me feel better about it. Also, Pablo Lopez is kind of doing amazing things. He's top five in strikeouts total this year. He has four pitches fast, four that are above 80th percentile in PLV. Four Ooh, of them. Love Three of them are 90th plus percentile in quality pitch minus bad pitch percentage, oh. which is absolutely crazy. Yeah. Um, and then the fifth pitch is a sinker that has an over 41% O swing. Oh my gosh. On a and sinker. he throws it uh, 96th percentile of the time inside. Uh, he only throws it to righties. Like, and I oh, even, boy, you know, I even DM'd him. I was like, dude, this is amazing. Like, you should, he's like, yeah, yeah, this is great. I'm starting to like throw it more actually, like when you're know, trying to get those quick outs. I'm like, yes, you're doing all the things, Pablo. He's the best. That's so I'm very excited about that. And yet he has like this almost four year I'm like, oh, we know he's so much better than this. This is, this is absolutely one of those cases of like, the skills are so much better than the 413 ERA. It's a 114 whip and a 30% K rate right now. Ninth most innings in the majors at 129. So have to love Pablo. That is yeah, awesome. And like, uh, listen, I know we talk about it, but like Pablo Lopez is the nicest human being. In the he world. truly is. He's the best. He's the oh best. All right, let's move on yeah. to uh, tier four here. Um, this is 18 through 25. Uh, Joe Ryan, Logan Webb at 19, followed by George Kirby, Aaron Nola, and you Darvish with no changes there. Sandy Alcantara jumps up two to 23. And Justin Verlander at 24, who jumps up three, followed by Freddie Peralta up six to 25. What's it called? And why is it called that? This is that whole, like, I don't know if you ever play the game Journey. Um, I did beautiful game, but it's very, it's very peaceful. You're just kind of like snowboarding and chilling. And obviously there's some tension at moments, but for the most part, you're just kind of like steady with us and it's an okay life. So there you go. Love that. Big fan, big fan of that one. (laughs) Let's, let's talk about a a guy that I feel like we haven't mentioned that much in the past couple of weeks. And that's Freddie Peralta, right? Uh, You know, back and forth between great starts and a little bit of clunkers, right? But that clunker coming against Atlanta, uh, where he gave up six earned runs before that, just kind of this steady stream of like two or three earned runs, two or three earned runs, but he's giving you nine Ks. He's giving you eight Ks. He's giving you 10 Ks. He's not going the distance. He's not necessarily a a quality start machine. He's been a little inefficient with his pitches. Um, But then, this most recent start i mean he's had two or three starts against cincinnati the first one in cincinnati with six k's no one runs two walks one hit over six innings and then man just turn on the jets against a fantastic cincinnati offense 13 k's on 89 pitches with 12 whiffs on the four seamer, which wasn't even necessarily the most beautifully located. It's not like he was like, all right, I'm picking a spot and I'm hitting it. It was kind of all over the place. And here he is dominating. What do you think about Freddie Peralta? Do you remember Freddie Peralta's initial nickname? Uh, the, the Fred boy. <laughs> I love that you can hear in fast voice when he's completely making something up before he says it. Uh, uh, yeah. 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 You bet I do. Uh, you, it was Professor Chaos. Oh, that's right. right? Of course. I do remember. Yeah. Professor come on. I know. Uh, and uh, and then there was also uh, oh, General Disarray. I can't remember who the second one was. Uh, it, 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 it was, oh, it was, it was uh, Diddleson LeMet. 
What? Yes, yes, best. Yeah, yeah look at you. Yeah. All right, good. See that? That's you know, that's the good stuff. All right, I uh, General Disarray and I uh, Professor Chaos, and that's yeah, the shotgun blast of the four seamer. Well, guess what? At a forty-five percent CSW, he had a sixty-two percent strikeout rate this entire start, which is the funniest yes. thing ever for Freddie Peralta, right? Unbelievable. Uh, so it, it, it's pretty crazy of a season. Um, I mean, what were the PLV numbers of this? It was a six PLV on his curveball, which is just nuts. You don't ever see that. 71% CSW on it. And he actually threw changeups more too, which is very strange at 21% usage and CSW, which was by far his worst pitch because everything was over 44% otherwise. Um, look, we know Freddie Peralta has been great in the past. We know what he can do with that four-seamer, how... Uh, he gets amazing extension. It's just so impossible to kind of tell what's going on. When he's able to throw strikes with sliders and curveballs, this is legitimately what just happens. It's mm-hmm. what happens. And uh, we've been seeing so many hints of this. I've actually been saying that Freddie Peralta has been there for, I'd say, like, since the beginning of June or so. Um, when he had his nine strikeout game against your Baltimore Orioles. And it hasn't quite gone exactly as we've wanted to. We've seen these, like, two, three run games or so. We had this bad one against Atlanta, but I think it just kind of was like, it's Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And I'm very much like, look, this is who Freddie Peralta is. This is so much more um, believable to me than a lot of the other guys. And not to mention, I mean, if you want to say like, well, no, he was not very good last year. And you know, it was 358 ERA, but he had, uh, you know, it was it was only 78 games and something like that. Look, 20 starts right now with his fastball velocity up two ticks from last mm-hmm. year to 94.5. This is the hardest we've ever seen that fastball. Uh, you have to believe in it. Um, Freddie Pross is doing great things right now. Beautiful. You hinted a little bit at Justin Verlitt or anyone else on this tier that you want to hit upon before we take a quick break. Yeah, um, I would love to say that uh, your buddy Joe Ryan lost his ace is going to ace. I don't want to say that, actually. I'm really sorry. Um, mm-hmm. And say that Alcantara is doing much better. And actually, um, when it comes to Justin Verlander, there are a lot of things I want to mention after this break. This podcast is sponsored by Underdog. Want to make money making picks on MLB games? Then you have to try Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. In Underdog's Pick'em game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. Pick to two to five players, get all your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with the promo code PITCHERLIST and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 so you have some bonus cash to start playing with. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy com or underdog fantasy in the app store sign up with promo code pitcher list and get your first deposit doubled up to 100 must be 18 year older 19 year older in alabama and nebraska 21 or older in massachusetts and arizona and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates terms apply concerned with your play call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org in arizona call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in new york call 1-877-8 Hope and why in Tennessee call 1-800-889-9789. Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? 
You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. What a cliffhanger. Take take us home, baby. What do you got to tell us about, about Justin Verlander? Um, his last start against the Nationals. Oh, man. One earned run, five Ks and a walk and 5.1 innings. An atrocity. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't absolutely an atrocity. Like sure. He certainly threw pitches that were going to get strikes and... Uh, and, and PLV actually does love it. I can see, I mean, I, I watched a lot of this, like Verlander did not know where it was going a lot. Uh, it was much less without a, a direct approach than we've seen um, from Verlander in the past. That's why you need 103 pitches to do 5.1 innings, which typically 103 pitches means he's going like seven or something like that. Like we saw 100 pitches against the White Sox when went eight. We also haven't seen that amazing strikeout game from him. Um, it's 81 mm. strikeouts and 94 innings. Is not the Verlander that you know and love. A 21% yeah. K rate for the year. 102, 102nd in the majors right now with that is just startling. Uh, he has less than half the amount of strikeouts of Kevin Gosman. Think about that. Really? Yeah. I mean, there was a delay, keep in mind, I should say, of, no, but of still. Verlander. It's 16 games started, but it's 94 innings. Yeah, 171 for Gosman. And uh, 81 for Verlander. Uh, so that's, that's 162. Quick maths, y'all. So I, I, you know, I still think that Verlander is very much worth your time. I think that he can also get that strike rate back up from 21%. And he has a bit, you know, it's been like more like seven and six, more like a K in inning as opposed to that's just kind of like a 7.5 to 8K in inning. Um, but yeah, he's not he's not really an ace is my point about Verlander. No. no that's kind of why I'm curious about what, where he ends up tomorrow yeah. and uh, what the return is for that. All right, let's move on to tier five here, 26 through 36. Uh, we got Julio Urias, uh, followed by Zach Eflin, Justin Steele up one to 28. Andrew Abbott, the rise continues up to 29. Carlos Rodon down seven to 30. Not looked great. Lucas Giolito, 31. Kent Maeda up six to 32. Bailey Ober at 33, followed by Bobby and Bryce Miller back to back at 34 and 35. And Kodai Senga up seven to 36. What's it called? Why is it called that? Okay. Uh, <laughs> as I scroll, I scroll, I scroll. <laughs> um, all right. This one is going to be called uh, MLB The Show because I just feel like it would be nice to be like, yes, I'm on the road to the show. Uh, and okay, good. that just means nice and steady. Like, I can enjoy this. The commerce, Nick. Um, <laughs> the commerce. Right. <laughs> you know, you got them stubs. Yeah, exactly. Well, I need more stubs. Let, let, listen, we, we, you know, there's a lot of fun names to talk about here, but I think we have to talk about Andrew Abbott, who has not given up an earned run in 14 innings now, right? This is another person who, like, okay, he had a little bit of a bump in the road against Milwaukee at the beginning of July. What does he do? He recovers against that exact same Milwaukee team going six innings with two earned runs, two walks, and three Ks. And then the shutouts begin, right? Eight innings against the Giants with two walks and six Ks on 106 pitches. There wasn't even a particular whiff pitch that blew you away there. I mean, so fine. Maybe he got lucky with a little bit of batted ball luck, but still, that's a great outing. And what does he do? He backs that up with Milwaukee. That is the third 
time he has seen him in four appearances or they have seen him in four appearances six innings pitch no one runs one walk nine k's and seven hits on 113 pitches just popping those four seamers at the top of the zone getting 14 called strikes with those four seamers too which is surprising again considering this is the third time in four starts that milwaukee has seen him so clearly some deception going on there maybe they're just trying to sit something else i don't know what they're doing what are you thinking about andrew abbott as he now jumps in to the top 30 at 29 i have become more and more impressed by andrew abbott's slider um Mm -hmm. that to me is the biggest change that i've seen from him uh he threw his slider hit the most he's ever thrown on that july 15th start against milwaukee and then really leaned into it again against the giants the following outing um came back and threw it again against the the brewers in the last one on the 25th, um, I really think that's a phenomenal pitch. Uh, PLV on that is 91st, per- 91st percentile. I said first now. I can't get the ones. The, <laughs> like, I cannot say 91st. I have to say 91st. Uh, 91st. 91st. <laughs> the college first percentile. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, there's no mirth here. Um, the uh, 91st percentile for uh, sliders and PLV. Um, for Andrew Abbey, he only throws a 17% of the time, though, um, which is a little surprising to me. And the four-seamer doesn't grade nearly as well. And that's kind of how I felt about that four-seamer a good amount. Um, and I do wonder if, you know, the recent command of it has been better than I saw earlier on. It's why I had so much pushback against it. I was like, look, I don't really think that four-seamer is that great. I don't really think this curveball is so exceptional either with a uh, 59% strike rate, only 13% swing strike rate. Um, solid CSW at 32. It should get some called strikes, but nothing in, in those numbers are above 65th percentile. Um, while the slider is that amazing, like 70% strike pitch, like what? Oh my gosh, this is insane. Now, one thing I do want to mention with Andrew Abbott is the strength of opponent has been terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, you can mention the, even the Padres in there. Padres are actually one of the worst teams in baseball against the lefties. Um, uh, and that was his 12 strikeout game in 7.2 innings. Um, he faced Rocky Road. He faced your Orioles in Camden. Um, he faced the Brewers four times. Uh, the Giants, who are horrifically bad as an off, uh, maybe arguably the worst offense in baseball right now, um, on July 20th, and that was the eight innings shutout. Mm-hmm. And the only arguably like really tough offense, also, oh yeah, by, by the way, at St. Louis when they were so bad, so, June yeah. 10th, the only good offense were the Astros. And he did go six innings shutout. Absolutely. It was six base runners, two strikeouts. Mm-hmm. And that to me is like, well, okay, you kind of got away with that one. Um, wasn't, I would say, his best pitching effort either. So there is a bit of, okay, we all know he's not going to have a 96% left on base rate. Like we know this. Like I don't even need yeah. to do any of this analysis, yeah, right? Uh, yeah. He's not going to have a 222 BABIP. He's not going to continue to have a 1.17 homer per nine, likely being in Cincinnati. Uh, it's just likely not to be those things. A 5.8 hit per nine is 90th percentile in the majors. Again, not going to stick. Mm. The 8% walk rate is fine. I'm okay with that one. The whole point is when you, you know, I like using things like FIP and XFIP just for a sake of like, okay, let's just say whatever that is. I don't, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but just sure. to get an idea of it. So his 190 rate, which is 100th percentile, I'm sorry, 101st percentile. <laughs> Uh, and then versus the 375 FIP, and then if he were to have an average home run fly ball rate, which he might not have, it would be a 432 X FIP, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that gives a little bit more perspective about like, okay, what are the skills really 
pushing for Andrew Abbott so far. And then you also throw in, he's going to face tougher offenses at some point here. I mean, yeah. some fashion he has to. Yeah. So that's the, the reason why I haven't pushed up Andrew Abbott outside of uh, tier five yet. Um, now, if he continues, though, with the slider being as good as it is and good four-seamer command, and really I want to see that you know, 25, 30%, maybe even more usage of the slider because I really do think far and away this is his best pitch. Then I can really get more in on Andrew Abbott some more. And I that's actually why I pushed him up. The slider has been this good. Um, but we know Urias's track record. We know yeah. how sturdy Eflin has been the entire year on a winning ball club. We know Justin Steele has just been an absolute rock the entire season with what he does. And that four-seamer is a very, very good pitch. Slider's really good too. Um, really good defense in front of him. And we know everyone in Tier 4 and what they do. So I'm not saying that Andrew Abbott is not going to be better than everyone in Tier 4. It's absolutely possible. You know, we've dealt with Aaron Nola. We've dealt with Yu Darvish and, and George Kirby. And these guys at times like just having these blow-up starts. And so frustrating. Sandy Alcantara the entire year, I understand. Sure. I have to say on this list, based on the track record I know of all of those guys versus the clearly unsustainable shallow metrics and the only really elite pitch of one uh, for Andrew Abbott that I can't put him above right now. Andrew Abbott's next three starts. Cubs, oh my gosh. Yeah. Nationals, yeah. Pirates. I knew you had Cubs, something up your sleeve. sleeve. Cubs, Nationals, Pirates. I called okay. it a sleep then, fast. I didn't call it a sleep. I call it your sleep. What sleep. is wrong with me today? I don't know, man. Uh, then maybe at that point, it's tough to predict like three weeks down the line, but could be probably Blue Jays, which would be definitely a challenge. But like Cubs, Nationals, Pirates, like, come on, that's great. Um, all yeah, right. Anyone else on this tier that you want to hit upon? It's it's, it's a rather considerable tier. Um, I'll, I'll, let me do this, actually. Yes. Go ahead. I was looking at Bobby Miller. So this mm-hmm. is interesting. Is Bobby Miller next year? Is he between twenty five and thirty in your in your top one hundred? I am going to be so in on Bobby Miller next year. Yeah, I figured. You know this. I mean, are you? Yeah. 100%. I think there's yeah. so much good there, and I don't yeah. really necessarily care what happens with the rookie season. It's, he's just like a PLV and a stuff plus machine. Like, so yeah. I'm, I'm probably uh, none be of his PLVs are below uh, five. I'm sorry. The changeup is. I don't really care. Mm-hmm. Uh, sinker, slider, four seamer, curve are all exceptional offerings. Um, it's pretty remarkable. 95th percentile sinker quality pitch rate, which is just, oh man. He already has a 37% O swing on his sinker. It's his rookie year. Hmm. Oh, that's the good stuff. He gets a 90, 76% strike rate on it. Like, <laughs> there's the floor. And like, it's Alcantara and Wheeler. Oh, and yeah. let's say Alcantara and Wheeler also had these ridiculous weapons in the curveball and slider that can be legitimately just 30 strike rate machines. But I actually don't think that Bobby Miller is going to be a 30% plus strikeout guy because it is sinker focused. And the sinker and the four seamer are not. 10 plus percent swing striker pitches so far. Maybe they can be, but because yeah. he's really focused on getting that sinker inside uh, and getting those quick outs, um, I think it's just like the best of both worlds of like, you're going to go seven, eight innings so often and have like seven, eight strikeouts constantly. Like it's just going to be so good. Anyone else before we move on? Because yeah. we're, we're getting along in the tooth. Who I know. I know. I have to talk about Rodon because everyone is just like so out on them. And sure. I think that's ridiculous. I, I, I'm sorry, and maybe I'm I'm biased for whatever reason, but I see a guy have four starts back from from the IL who has had years of track record now. Don't just say like, oh no, he was hurting and doing pitcher now. No. Two straight years of a sub three ERA with 33% strikeout rates, two 
years of 178 pitches of uh, innings of it last year. I am not willing to say that, oh, because he's just thrown four games after missing so much time that he now he's destined to be terrible. Um, I don't believe that for a second. Um, I think the game against the Mets, actually, he pitched pretty dang well. Um, And he's still at 95 plus on the fastball. Yes, I want to see 96, 97. And when I see that, then I'll be even more in on Carlos Rodon. And I recognize that he's not quite there. So I had to lower him into the um, into tier five and not put him in tier four. However, uh, if you're saying like, okay, I don't get those four games anymore. It's just now moving forward. Yeah, I'm very, very in on Carlos Rodon. He's absolutely going to shake out this rest. There's no way he's destined to be like a four or five strikeout game guy a night. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, Let's move to tier six, 37 through 45. Logan Gilbert drops four to 37, followed by Turek Skubal up one. Reed Detmers down two. Tanner Bybee up eight to 40. Jose Barrios, Chris Bassett down to, excuse me, up to 42, uh, followed by Jordan Montgomery. Mitch Keller up 16 to 44. And Sonny Gray uh, at 45. What's it called and why is it called that? This one is called. Oh, I don't know, man. I hate the C, so I can't do Wind Waker. Um, I'll do, I'll do a uh, skyward sword. That's a nice one. That feels mm. like you get to fly around yeah, and you stuff, you yeah. know, it's just like, what, how does gravity work up here? No one's scared of falling off. It's fine. You know, just like have like the waterfall, with two islands that are just there. Like, what is life? Maybe I'll just go to an Island and play some game where I fall onto a platform. That sounds great. And just belly flop on it. And I'm fine. And it's okay. That seems mm. great. Fast. And I have currency. I have rupees. I understand how the economy okay, works. All, yeah, now you go. You needed the economy. You needed the economy. Um, but all right, let's start. It's going to come with some danger. <laughs> I was going to say, where, well, where's the bad here? So let's talk about, um, you know, one of the one of the bigger names who I don't remember. Was it last week who you were like, Jordan Montgomery, come on down. You are a Baltimore Oriole. Or was that yeah. different? It was right. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. No, he hasn't who been traded it? yet. It's Michael. Oh, it was Michael Lorenzen. It was Michael. It's going to happen fast. Right. Now, it, now it might, and I'm really not yeah, too right? about it. <laughs> Actually, yeah. like you know, uh, Shafiq texted me saying you're speaking this into existence the second the Jordan Montgomery trade happened. I so I genuinely thought like I had my mind made up in the morning because I had seen that we were attached to him, and I was like, okay, Is that right? cool, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They were like, they were like, okay, the Orioles are are in on or like no there was way. like something indicating that the Orioles were in on Jordan Montgomery, and now of course there's maybe rumors that they're in on Michael Lorenzen because there's like oh no, no one else left, but Jordan oh, Montgomery God. is you know moving to. Um, to Texas, any is that impact your your thoughts on him whatsoever? It's like oh, he's just going to get a few more wins now, so as a result, we can boost him up. Sure, Montgomery is the same thing. I mean, just get your changeup good, like please. That's that's it. That's all yeah. I got. He's he. You know, it's so funny because you automatically assume. Um, okay, well, the Cardinals have Nolan Arenado. They're probably one of the better defensive teams in all of baseball. It's not it's the case. They're actually yeah. so yeah, they're they're seventeenth and outs above average, while the Rangers are actually fifth and outs above average, which mm. is pretty remarkable. It's not like you know Jordan Montgomery is this this crazy ground ball pitcher, and you need these kind of elite infields, but it doesn't hurt to have a better defense behind you. What you know, give us a little bit. Two things. Give us a little bit about the Montgomery rise, and then you know a, a little bit more on that Mitch Keller up sixteen. Oh, there is no Montgomery rise, believe it or not. Um, This is uh, a product of a lot of Uh tier seven moves um, that just kind of happened. If you do quick maths of like where guys were previously to have the numbers that they do, you realize that Montgomery, Montgomery wasn't touched really. He was just shoved into this tier. 
Sorry, I got, I got, I've really, Montgomery's like the same guy that you know and love from previous years, I guess. And he's kind of boring with what he does with sinkers and uh, curveballs and changeups. And sometimes the changeups there. But then again, last time he went 0 for 16 changeup whiffs. And it's like, you can't do that. So, yeah. um, I, you know, it's just like, all right, I guess, I mean, he's pretty much a Toby, but he's good enough to get out of that, like on the brink of dropping Toby. Thus, he's a Holly. Okay. Uh, what about Mitch Keller? Mitch Keller looked really good after the first and second inning against the Phillies, and I actually do kind of want to lean more into it now. Um, much better command with a with a breaking ball, um, and it, I can see like okay, you're you're fingering back out. This is um, a lot more believable with Keller now, and it's really just kind of tear jumping, um, where I had him in a tier below all of the cherry bombs, and I kind of separated it out a little bit more this time. Like I like tier eight, for example. In tier seven, each have a group of cherry bombs. And I put Keller after that, right? Because like I wanted all the cherry bombs in one place. And this I actually kind of uh, combined a little bit this time because I just really felt that they were more similar. I was like, cool, you take A or B, A or B, um, and really combine those into one tier. So not really too much more to say about Mitch Keller. I feel like everyone with Mitch Keller is holding on to him right now and hoping that he does uh, build off that last start against the Phillies. Mm. Okay, anyone else in this tier that you want to hit upon? Um... I mean, Gilbert, man, what the heck? You can't go one for 50 whiffs on your four-seamer. Like, that is just impossible. Like, how do you yeah. do that? It's a 2% yeah, swing strike rate. Uh, Tanner Bybee, I think a lot of people want me to push him up higher. And Tanner Bybee, I think, has one start where everything kind of came together. And otherwise, it's him kind of figuring it out on the fly. You don't know what he's going to get on uh, give on a given night it's like is he going to get the slider is he going to get the change up working or the four seamer is he going to go upstairs today and i hate that um mm. i think that the future of tanner Bybee is really really nice because those are really four quality pitches he has but the consistency of it is really annoying at the moment for me um to lean into heavily um with school bone they'll be great so don't worry about that it, uh, it's always a good reminder too before we move on to the next tier that sunny gray has not won a game uh, and t- since what April is I that right? Is, right, he still hasn't won a game since we last talked about it on the podcast. No. I'm trying to pull this up he real quick. Four wins yeah, he, this year. He has four and wins this year, and his last win April was April. He had yep. four wins April thirtieth. Wow. He, I believe he suffers from the lowest amount of run support in baseball and has not had a win. Oh my! And not had a win since April. That is it's almost like winter. Remarkable. That's remarkable. Um, All right. We got plenty of other pictures to talk about, uh, and we're going to do it as soon as we uh, take this break. And we're back here for tier seven, 46 through 56. We failed again to get through 50 in our first 40 minutes, but whatever. Um, Grayson Rodriguez up five to 46, followed by Dylan Cease down 19 to 47. Charlie Morton down to 48. Hunter Brown up four to 49. Christian Javier rounding out the top 50. Followed by Gavin Williams. Brian Bayo who drops 12 to 52. Eduardo Rodriguez. Seth Lugo up nine to 54. Merrill Kelly and Marcus Stroman. What's it called and why is it called that? I feel like it's the game of Hades. Um, It seems really cool, right? Like you're a, you know, you're a Greek uh, prince or whatever. And you're not a god, but you're like the prince of uh, whatever Hades was, Underworld. And uh, whatever that guy was, you know him. Mm. Um, and uh, but then like, you, you know, you have these great moments. You feel really powerful and stuff. You have this lovely home and stuff that you keep building out. But also you die a lot. And that doesn't seem fun. 
So but, yeah, yeah, okay. I hear you. I'm sorry, I got thinking about the video game in and of itself, and I was like, yeah, you don't, but it progresses the story, and that's really not what we're talking about here. Um, you know what, what I mean? About the environment, uh, it's a, it's the best game. It's so much fun. I, I mean, listen, it should have been one one for you in terms of economy. Let, let's talk about. I feel like, <laughs> sorry, just cracked. Seth Lugo, uh, you know, he's. We had a little bit of a, a, a hiatus from him for uh, a, a only. Did he go on the IL for like? Oh no, never mind. I was thinking of someone completely different. But Seth Lugo has been very effective, right? He's been effective against some weaker teams, right? The Philadelphia Phillies gave him a little bit of a run for five earned runs, but here he is giving up four earned runs over thirteen against Detroit and Pittsburgh, while you know, showing some inconsistent command. He gives up a few walks to Detroit, but gets the eight Ks with no walks against Pittsburgh. Again, though, like, what do you want to see from Seth Lugo? You want to see curveballs that are effectively placed at the bottom of the zone, right? You don't want to necessarily see them anywhere else. And while he had that against Detroit, picked up eight whiffs and seven called strikes for a 50% CSW, which is remarkable, doesn't have it against Pittsburgh, but it doesn't really matter, right? He gets five whiffs and six uh, called strikes for a 42% CSW, which is still quite good. But again, a little more erratic in terms of the command. What have you been seeing from Seth Lugo that has you interested in him moving forward? Well, he, this is interesting because Seth Lugo's here, but uh, it just kind of happened this way where I didn't want him to be in that Toby tier of tier nine because I feel like he is a step up as far as his ability goes in front of still a very, very good defense with the Padres. Um, it is actually really bad for the schedule right now for Seth Lugo. It is cores and I believe Astros after that. And it was made me very hesitant, but I do feel kind of going into the end of this. Seth Lugo is just a guy that can go six innings, has a very good curveball. Um, a sinker is very effective. Same with the four seamer. Sometimes a slider steps up as it did in that one last game. I believe it was 57% CSW. So um, I think Seth Lugo is just an, just a general solid arm. Uh, and he's a Holly more so than a Toby, where a Toby, I feel like you would just drop like in a week or two. And Seth Lucas kind of a guy like, you know what? I'm not completely ruling out that he's going to be terrible against uh, Coors and the Astros. Is it a high probability that he does well? Absolutely not. But he's actually one of those guys like, you know what? Maybe there is a chance there still. And I don't think that I would be dropping him in my 12-teamers. Real quick, too, obviously, Dylan Cease has been a name that's been very popular in a lot of the trade talks, right? But hasn't been his effective self. I mean, yeah, two two nice starts. I mean, really good start against uh, Atlanta where he you know, walks away with five innings pitch, one or run. Pretty good start against Minnesota, but then gets shelled by the Guardians. Well, not shelled. Five and two-thirds, four and runs, two walks, five Ks. A little bit erratic in terms of the K output in the end of June. You're like, oh, wow, he's really putting it together, you know, Two out of three starts with 10 Ks, one nine in there. And then he starts to fall up a little bit. Um, Oakland's, you know, doesn't necessarily have the kind of dominant performance. So the theme seems to be a lack of theme, a little bit of inconsistency. You know, what do you, what's your kind of output for Cease moving forward? Does he just need a change of scenery or is it a little bit more than that? No. So uh, I just, I tried to do the most favorable stretch I could think of for, for Dylan Cease right now. It's a 3 3 4 ERA. And a 32% K rate and an 8% walk rate across his last 10 starts and a 127 whip. And it's a 134 whip for the entire season. I try to really emphasize that it's not all about ERA and strikeouts. Whip matters a lot. And in many ways, it can actually do more harm against you because you can put yourself in a hole in whip that's just a lot harder to get yourself out of than just hoping for like zero earned runs one game as opposed to four or something like that because you're not going to get like a zero whip game. You know, unless you've somehow were able to get Domingo Herman for that one game. So uh, it, it's it's kind of wild. And 
we've seen we saw kind of last year that C still had these issues um and they weren't so bad initially and then they got really worse the strikeouts went away and then maybe the slider got back and now the slider is not there again and it's just this endless back and forth that we have with dylan cease of okay fine i'm doing this for the strikeouts right i'm willing to endure this whip and possibly a bad era it's a, it's an over four era right now for the strikeouts where do you think dylan cease ranks among all starting pitchers this year in strikeouts like is it top five top ten Mm, I would say. I mean, it's nothing ridiculous. I'm just, you know, like essentially. No, I would say he's probably like in the 20s. Okay, so uh, in the preseason, it was pretty much just like, look, he's going to get you 200 Ks. We know this, and that's kind of the deal we're making. We're willing to accept this worst whip, which at the time we're like, it's going to be like 115, 170, something like that. You know, he's not really going to take a step forward. Likely, still bad walk rate, and probably a, a decent enough ERA. But you know, we're doing this for the strikeouts. You know, he's 143 right now, which is 14th. Um, in the no, majors, it's not okay. it's not terrible. I mean, that's well, very not, good to but, have, but, but it's not former, the yeah. big the big jump that you wanted. Like Pablo Lopez is like in top five again, right? Uh, so not as sh- you know, amazing as I wanted them to be. And Don sees, yeah, he's just a complete headache. I mean, it, you're you're starting for those strikeouts. You're hoping the ERA is good enough. The whip is probably going to hurt you the rest of the way. So that's just a balance of like, all right, am I willing to make that? sacrifice or not i mean he's is rosterable he's 47 so i'm yeah, saying yes to a degree absolutely but still it's not nearly as clear-cut and smooth sailing as you want it to be okay let's move on oh anyone else real quick before you move on to the next tier i mean it was a difficult thing hunter brown versus christian javier considering javier just had all of these fastball whiffs but he mm-hmm. still can't get breakers for strikes and it's just i'm happy the skill is still there that means that if he does find that tweak for the breaker either the slide or the curveball really or maybe both uh, he can become amazing again, but I don't know if he's going to do that. Well, Hunter Brown is doing the Blake Snell blueprint now, and that's cool. Now just get your curveballs and sliders more consistently down, please, as you figure out your fastballers up. And Brian Bayo hasn't been that great. Uh, I think the last six games, all of them have been five strikeouts or fewer. I think that was right. Um, yeah. Which is, what? Don't do that, Bayo. And it's really sinker changeup, and that's the problem, and he hasn't developed the slider enough, so... A little worried there uh, about Brian Bale, and I don't really think he's going to develop that cutter or slider enough. I mean, he hasn't thrown the cutter over 10% of the time. It's been present. It's not like it just came around. So uh, it's a little annoying with Brian Bale. He's he's another guy who's going to be very interesting to look at his arsenal over the offseason and figure out where he's going to lie because there could be he's young. There's steps forward there to be taken. Yeah. For him. But let's move on to, to the tier eight, tiny little baby tier one to two that we have 57 through 60. JP Sears up 10 to 57, followed by Brian Wu uh, down six to 58. Kyle Bradish and Edward Cabrera at 60. What's it called and why is it called that? Um. All right. This one is called Call of Duty. So it, it's very it's very dangerous. I can understand that there's a thrill for some. Not for me. But I can understand for some there's just like some enjoyment. Like I'm in space and I get to do things and I'm going to be all right. Mm. You know? But it is a very dangerous thing. And, uh, you know, that, that, that's, that's what I got. That, that's I know it was terrible, but like, you know, no, but I, I wouldn't I say get it's it. terrible. I, say it's terrible. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's not Nazi about, zombies. I'll tell you that. It's not that. Duh, can't do great that one. Stuff. It's terrifying, no. 
Speaking of not being terrible, J.P. Sears, you know, I think we all kind of collectively held our breath after the Houston start about what we're going to do. I think we even said, like, what do we do with him in yeah, course, right? Because right? maybe the four seam isn't going to play. And he kind of passes with flying colors. Five innings oh pitched, gosh, one run, run, one walk, five Ks and four hits overall. It's like at this point, I don't even really care about what the strike zone plot looks like. You made it out of cores alive, but he picked up nine slider whips. Yeah, which is like really, really not bad. Um, that's amazing. He, he's yeah, it's really good. So uh, I'm gonna look up what his remaining schedule is because I imagine there is gonna be some uh, interdivisional games moving forward for him. And he, of course, is not someone who's necessarily going to pick up a lot of wins for you, being a part of the Oakland Athletics. Uh, his next couple of starts are slated to be. Oh yeah, that's right. I completely forgot about this. Oh lordy, rest in peace, JP Sears. We love no. you so much. No, we hardly knew you. Yeah, this. This week it's the Dodgers, and then after that it's the Rangers. You want to talk about the most arduous back-to-back starts? Well, as a lefty against the Rangers, it's much better than being a righty. That's a good point. That's a good point. Maybe with with JD Martinez likely out of the game too, but you're still dealing with an incredibly potent offense in the Dodgers. What are you thinking about JP Sears? What I think about JP Sears is I oh if I, I almost got it in time. Okay, I the most surprising thing to me has been the development of the slider. Uh, and it really kind of just came to a T, I think, in that start against, uh, well, in cores, 18% swing strike rate since June 5th. Um, many games of nine, eight whiffs on that pitch um, had 10 against the the Twins for 26% swing strike rate in that game. And it's been a 31% CSW in that time. It's PLV in this time, also 542. And then you realize that, wait, Sears has a 526 overall PLV, which is 11th best in the majors. That's absolutely that's, startling. That's, in, that's insane. So I kind of love JP Sears, <laughs> and uh, and it was you know before it was like I was, it was calling him Eric Lauer in 2022, but I was underrating the slider, and mm-hmm. I think that with this slider on his back, um, paired up with that four seamer, now with all of a sudden you got you're, you're talking here. Um, I, I'm I'm kind of interested to still do it regardless. Uh, I know it sounds crazy, but I, I, I kind of just want to keep starting him and see where this goes. Do you know what the most popular episode of the Alex Fast Show has been? Oh, the JP Sears. By downloads? Huh? It's not. It's Mackenzie Gore. But JP Sears is second. And that's oh, kind of uh, that's kind of impressive. To <laughs> that, was, that was pretty impressive. Um, okay. Uh, any other people in this tiny little baby tier that you would like to talk about? Uh, let's see. <laughs> we have, sorry, excuse me. Brian Wu might be shut down soon. And I don't really see why the Mariners wouldn't do that. And he also didn't get a single whiff on his four-seam last time. And that's just, wait, that's not supposed to happen. So that's annoying. Kyle Bradish, what do you know? Didn't have his curveball and wasn't very good. Uh, and uh, the slider was used much less than it should have been. And the four-seamer had more usage and got hit in play. And like when it ha- gets in play, bad things happen fast. You know this. Mm, yep. And Ever Cabrera, you see a minus three. I mean, I put him down. It would have put him above Wu, but he had the blister um, last time. So he, uh, I don't know what his status is exactly. Oh, man. Yeah, it's tough for Mariners fans these past couple of days, especially with that CU all trade. All right, let's go to tier nine here, 61 through 65. We have Yusei Kikuchi, uh, Christopher Sanchez up eight to 62, Jack Flaherty, Alex Cobb, and Kyle Hendricks. What's it called and why is it called that? This is the Stanley Parabola. Parabola? Parable? Parable? Parable. 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 Yeah. Parabola? <laughs> no, Parable. Parable. Yeah, it's not an <laughs> album by Tool. It is. Uh, it, right. It's yeah, it's not parable. a math equation. Okay. Um, yeah, it's a Stanley Parable because they're all in suits. They're Tobies. 
Very good. Uh, real quick, let's let's hit upon Kyle Hendricks. I mean, might be the king of the Tobies right now. Yeah, he's not necessarily getting you the strikeouts, but man, is he consistent as he put together uh, four consecutive starts or five strikeouts. That's fallen off a little bit, but he has only given up more than three earned runs twice in his last like 10 starts with a, a kind of a clunker against the Yankees and then Boston. But Doing quite well against poorer teams. Seven innings pitched, three and runs, one walk, two Ks uh, against St. Louis. He's just kind of getting the job done. What are your thoughts about Kyle Hendricks? Yeah, he's uh, he's doing the thing he's supposed to do, which is uh, commanding well with singers and changeups. I mean, there's nothing more really to say about it. Uh, unfortunately, the curveball isn't present whatsoever. Um, 52% strike rate, just 4% usage. But he's doing what he needs to do with the sinker and the, and the four-seamer, and that's really it. Okay. Anyone else in this also tiny little baby chair that you want to hit about? We I talked mean, about Christopher Sanchez last week. Yeah, and he's kept Sanchez, it going. I mean, yeah. he deserves to be picked up again. It's a, still an amazing schedule this week. Um, Kikuchi's doing great things. He changes his curveball. That's good. Uh, Flaherty, like, yeah, sure, whatever. And uh, Alex Cobb has a splitter again, so that's cool. Um, okay. All right. Uh, let's move on to the next. Uh, there we go. Teeny little baby tier, not even a tiny little baby tier because it's just three. Tier 10, 66 to 68, Lancelin, Lynn, John Gray, and Hyunjin Ryu. Uh, what's it called and why is it called that? And why is it such a tiny little baby tier? So this one is called the Diablo tier because you might be entering hell. Um, and uh, because all of these guys are just, they have legitimate upside but also they could just destroy your team and i i think with tier eight with those guys it seems more like okay cool i understand what i'm getting and i feel like i'm going to hold on to this longer or maybe you know maybe even brian Wu deserves to be in tier 10 here um but uh, with lance Lynn, it's still been so bad for him and he just got destroyed by the cubs and now he goes to the dodgers and everyone wants to think like oh now he's fixed and everything's fine like, that does not happen look at no Syndergaard getting traded to the guardians and everything right now and uh, it's not all of a sudden a saving grace that Lance Land is now a Dodger. He does get the Oakland Athletics next, next, which is great. But there's so much risk there. John Gray is slider is really good, but the four seamer isn't back yet. So I don't know if that's going to happen. And I have no idea what we're going to get from Hunjin Ryu. So hmm. here's the point of like, hey, I see in tier nine, like, yeah, you want to hold on to all those guys. I probably should have combined tier eight and tier 10 and probably put a lot of tier eight underneath tier nine. But I didn't really know what to do with the uh, JP Sears. So <laughs> uh, he's the reason really for that tier like that. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just a small guy because I had to put them above tier 11, but I couldn't really put them in tier nine. OK, uh, let's move to tier 11 then. Speak yeah, there you go. You got to keep going. Versus- I know we certainly do. 69 through 78. Uh, Steven Matz up six. Jose Quintana up 18 to 70. Logan Allen down 13 to 71. Dean Kramer. Aaron Savali up 23 to 73. Was that before or after the trade? Uh, it was after. All right. Uh, Braxton Garrett up 11 to 74. Tony Gonsolin up 7 to 75. Bryce Elder. Tywin Walker at 77 and rounding out the tier at 78 is Michael Lorenzen. What's it called and why is it called that? Oh, I believe I know the name of the game and I want to make sure I got it right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's a game called Packing. Ah, and yes, lovely. Yeah, and it's just like this is this is normal. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. just absolutely Very stable. Good. Like for some people, they're into it. Some people, they're not. And like I can do with or without it. Okay. Um, man, so many interesting people to to kind of talk about here. Well, let's talk about Aaron Savali. I mean, so he's traded. Is the 23 bump just because he's? I mean, listen, he, he's not necess- He's going to a better organization overall. The, the Rays are, you know, one of the few organizations that we just know that they're going to get the most out of their pitcher. But it's not like the Guardians are schlubbos, right? So what are you thinking? 
Um, someone didn't read the notes, so maybe he's just leading in the question. That would be a nice thing. Yeah, you uh, got to lead in the question. I know. you got to lead in the question. Okay. Uh, so, Aaron Savali, this is actually not because of the Rays. I would even argue that it's worse for Savali, which I know sounds crazy because, oh, my God, the Rays do so well with pitchers. Look at Zach Eflin and everything like that. How do you change Aaron Savali? It was so easy with Eflin. We're like, hey, curveball, we want to throw that more. I don't know if he can, and he did, and it's great. Also, here's a new cutter that's really good, too. Can they teach him a new slider? Maybe. I don't know, but... He already did the thing, which is what I was shouting last year, which is throwing 67% or even 70% cutters and curveballs. That's what he does now. It's really good. I'm cool with that. But Aaron Savali is up 23 points because his velocity is back. I was so terrified last week. He was down 4.4 ticks on his fastball. Like, that is such a ridiculous red flag. And massive, massive, massive props of Savali. Uh, Yeah. And massive props to Aaron Savali for getting back to two and then getting back to zero as in like it was a minus 0.3 ticks on his season average yeah. in his last start. And that's huge. And gosh, we're the Cleveland guardians glad, I guess that he was there. Uh, that's um, what I was going to say. And what, what better barometer that he's healthy other than he was traded? You know what I mean? Right. And, uh, and I would also say, but pitching for pitching for the Rays now, likely a worse schedule having to deal more with the AL East. It's possible. I don't really know with the balanced schedule. If it's actually not that case for September or so for when your playoffs are happening. Um, but in general, I was just thinking, you know what? I'd rather pitch a lot of the AL Central teams if I can than the AL East, even if it is balanced. It is still more so focused on that division. But you're shaking your head. You probably think like, Nick, nope. you're completely out of the way. No, no, no. I'm agreeing with you. This, the, oh, I, cool. I was looking into this yesterday. The Rays have the seventh most difficult remaining strength of schedule mm. because of four oh, games you're in Orioles Baltimore. Stuff, yeah. yeah, four games in Baltimore, six games against the surging Blue Jays. Uh, they, you know. Theoretically, they get the Angels, but they don't get even their easiest opponents. I have to check where their Rockies games are, because if they're in cores, it doesn't necessarily make it easy. And then St. Louis and Detroit. But yeah, seventh most difficult remaining strength of schedule. Um, Man, I'm looking at this right now. Are the Yankees playing tonight? They got uh, beat by the Rays. Seven to one, I think. Okay, so uh, they are now um, 10 games out of first from your Orioles. Beautiful. Beautiful. I know. Uh, they are three and a half behind the Blue Jays and Astros. And um, yeah, they're three and a half out of the wild card with the Red Sox ahead of them, the Angels ahead of them as well. So mm-hmm. they have three other teams to leapfrog to get a playoff spot right now, as it doesn't really make sense for them to think like, no, we're going to win the AL East when there are four teams that legitimately going to beat them for that. So you have to think the Yankees sell tomorrow. Uh, I I I would think it would be the logical thing. Judge is a hundred is not at a hundred percent. He's clearly not at one hundred percent. Anyone could have hit that Tyler Wells uh, home run. No, I mean no, but seriously, right? I mean like that that was a bomb. Uh, And he's he's still fan. He's fantastic, but like yeah, you would you would think so. Um, I did print out a photo of the. ALE standings today and make my Yankees friend coworker sign it. And that brought me so much joy. Um, all right. Anyone else in this tier before yeah. we move on to the next year? Uh, sorry. I was just I was looking forward to trade deadline day as after this loss, you would think it might be the, uh, the one that pushes them. I, uh, anyway, I, uh, yes, there are so many fast and I know this is a very long podcast. And what am I doing? I am just, just I am the worst because I'm, I'm doing this to you, but uh, I do need to mention very quickly that Steven Matz is pretty dang good right now as he elevates sinkers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jose Quintana, the only question I had was command. 
And he's actually doing that after two starts already. So that's pretty cool. Logan Allen, I just don't think anything is too exceptional with him. And I watch these starts and I feel like he's just trying to get through with fastballs too much. And it's not fun. Um, Dean Kramer is kind of good. I actually like that Yankee start a decent amount. He just didn't really have his best fastball, but the cutter was kind of good. Yeah, he pitched a little bit scared, but um, like he should have attacked more having a 7 nothing league, but whatever. Um, uh, Braxton Gary got a slider back, which is cool, but he's actually, um, there was a mention, uh, PJ in our Twitch chat mentioned that there was a thing on the broadcast of Garrett showcasing that the blister he had messed mm. up his cutter grip and he needs to, he's trying to get it back now, which would explain why the cutter has been bad for the past five starts now. So hopefully that does get better, but that does explain a lot of it. Okay. All right. Let's move on to the final two tiers here. Tier 12, 79 through 84. Griffin Canning down 13 to 79. Luis Medina up uh, 10, who was today's SP Roundup lead at 80. Brady Singer unranked now at 81. Nick Pavetta up to 82. Domingo Herman down to 83. And Johan Oviedo at 84. What's it called? Why is it called that? So I think a lot of people would be like, this is absolute torture. Mm. And some people see like the fun and like, no, there is a light here. So obviously this is the Elden Ring tier. Oh, I think that would be very fun. I'd love to ring. Exactly. Ring, uh, no way would I ever want to be like, yes, and bring me to the Elden Ring world. I want to live there. Not in the slightest, <laughs> but then there are people like you fast. So that's uh, why it's tier 12. Uh, so, I mean, you, you've been talking about Medina, uh, you know, a, a good amount over the past couple of weeks, talking about the ability for him to get a good amount of whiffs with his breakers, right? Um, and then here he is, he's going into cores, and we're thinking, all right, well, we don't really need to worry about it. We can kind of give him a pass. Maybe the breakers aren't going to look the same way that they do. And then it's five and a third with no walks and six Ks with 16 total uh, whiffs and 12 whiffs on the slider with a 47% CSW. He's got a really nice schedule moving forward as well against San Francisco. What are your thoughts about Luis Medina? Luis Medina, man, I think he needs to be picked up everywhere. Uh, that's four straight starts of breakers looking good. Four mm-hmm. straight, and that's kind of nuts. He's using that slider more. It has a 24% swing strike rate. That's insane. That's insane. 95th percentile among all starting pitchers. Luis mm-hmm. Medina's slider. Like, get on this 93rd percentile in CSW. And that's wow. all across the entire season, let alone this obviously different pitcher that he is right now. So I don't know what else I need to tell you guys. It's a great schedule ahead. He goes to San Francisco. Actually, sorry, he hosts San Francisco and Oco. Does it matter? That That's exactly the matchup that you want after he just did well inside, of course, 12 over 30 whiffs, as you mentioned, with that slider. Yeah, go get him. Mm, love it. Anyone else in this tier you want to hit upon before we move to our final tier? Brady Singer had the best slider command I've ever seen from him. It might be mm. even like the best slider command I've seen of anyone. It was just absolute brilliance of like, it looked like my shingles when I had them when I was 18 on my stomach uh, on the strike zone plots. Just like these little vesicles like Emerald City um, at the bottom down and arm side corner of the strike zone all in yellow. Um, Brady Singer slider. So hopefully that sixth round, we know it won't, but I just, I want to hope. That's all. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's move to our final tier, tier 13, 85 through 100. Clark Schmidt down 12 to 85. Emmett Sheehan up at 86, followed by Johnny Cueto, JP France, Jamison Tyone returns at 89. Mackenzie Gore down to 90. Cutter Crawford, Matt Manning, Andrew Heaney, Graham Ashcraft, and Josiah Gray return 94 and 95, respectively, followed by Kyle Gibson, Paul Blackburn, Tyler Anderson. Alec Manoa down at 99 and new number 100, Colin Ray. What's it called and why is it called that? There's a game oh, called... Oh, can I... Yeah, please go ahead. I was going to rank it, but go ahead. Do yours first. No, no, no. I want yours. It's that It's that 
um, thing that they did in Roller Coaster Tycoon where the they made the line so long that by the time he gets to the roller coaster, the park is going to close. So he has to go back. But then the park opens by the time he gets to the back of the line. So he's just living in hell like he can't use the bathroom. And he's just going back and forth, never leaving the line. It's just kind of futility. Um, but as as Albert Camus said, even with a Sisyphusian task, we must assume there is some happiness because he has a purpose. Uh, so there it is. Absolutely uh, well, right. What was, what was yours? What was I was going to call it, there's a game called The Tourist, which is like, I'm happy. I'm a man who doesn't really love going on vacations for a long time. So like, uh-huh. I would love to just show up there for like a day and be out. And that's this yeah. is the streaming tier. So there you go. <laughs> All right, pick a, pick a name from this tier that you're interested. Yeah, right. About. Oh gosh, I don't know. Okay, you know what? I'll I'll do a surprise. I'll do. Can we do two? We're gonna do two. Matt Manning just had a terrible I was, I, start. I was I was just gonna say, why is Matt Manning rising? Because he got lit up a little bit. So go ahead. I mean, okay. First of all, you can't really say he is rising at 92. Okay, like come sure. Okay, uh, I'm gonna Plus remove three. three guys above 92 at the very least, regardless. Um, okay. But Matt Manning. Just got shelled by the Angels, allowed all these home runs. However, what are the two skills I've been waiting Matt Manning to have? I don't know if you remember what those are, but um, yes, I actually do remember what, what are the two they? skills that Matt Manning. Um, they are be- just being a better person. You were upset that he needed to. Be- uh, no, I don't remember what they were. Good. Wow. Um, be either Archie or be either Peyton. No, uh, it's have a fastball at 95 as opposed to 93 and change. And have a secondary pitch they can get whiffs with. And what do you know? In that last start, it was 95 on his fastball. And he had nine slider whiffs. And wait a second. That's actually the skills we've been looking for. Oh, right. You need to be able to command them well. You can't just like Mm. chuck it in the zone and hope for the best. And that's what he did here. Okay. Sure. So at least there's something that actually is a step forward to me that is more believable than uh, than what Matt Manning was doing, which was not believable as I avoided that start against Angels after the two goose egg outings um, that he had. So that's interesting about Matt Manning, and I do want to look at that. And you don't always want to assume that the bad outing means that he's, he's a the, bad pitcher, right? And that's kind of cool to me. So I always will attach a thing to that. And obviously, we got to talk about Colin Ray fast. That's it, the new number one hundred. So take us home with Colin Ray. Here he is, new new Mister One Hundred. Why is he there? Now, Colin Ray did something that he I didn't think that he could do, which okay. is all of a sudden throw sweepers with absolute mm. precision uh, down and away. He had ten over sixteen slider whiffs. And he just spotted this thing. Yeah, and he did a really weird good. thing where sinkers and cutters were on the wrong side. Like mm. uh, like as a right-hander, generally that means you throw cutters glove side and you throw sinkers arm side. Yeah. He did the reverse. He threw cutters that were backdoor to lefties arm side. Huh. And then he threw front hip sinkers in a way backdoor to, uh, to right-handers and front hip to left-handers on the sinkers, which is just strange. I just don't see that. Um, but... Might be why he gave up five and runs, but maybe, but it was also Atlanta. So whatever. And it was also such an amazing slider. I'm like, well, that's a skill. That's like a legitimate skill that if you can repeat that one, we were talking. So, you know Mm -hmm. what? You you join the crew at 100. Love it. One thing I want to do before we leave, Nick. Yes. Recent video game that you have played outside of Tears of the Kingdom that you would recommend to our listeners. The The faithful who have stuck around for an hour 15. I don't fast. I don't play as many video games these days. I really don't. Uh, All right, I'll cover for you. Yeah, I'll please go. You. There's a fantastic game called uh, Dave the Diver. Oh yeah, I've heard of that I think, one. Yeah, you love uh, it. Available on 
Oh, it's great. It's so good. <laughs> For anyone who played Moonlighter, it's like that. Moonlighter walked so Dave the Diver could run. It is so much fun. I think it's like 20 bucks on Xbox. It's on PC, um, Steam Deck. So go check that out. Nick, any final thoughts before we wrap up this cast? Well done with the different themes, by the way. Difficult theme, but you, you, you stepped up to the task. Oh, thank you so much. I uh, know there's a there's a game. I think we talked about it even last year. What's the oh God? I can't even remember it. What's the card game where you're in the cabin? Uh, it starts with oh. I. Yeah, yeah. I uh, that game. It's a great game. Yeah. It's a fantastic one. It's by the creative Pony Island and Hex. Uh, and it's so good. Inscription or whatever. Yeah, it's Inscription. Uh, that's the game that I would recommend to everybody. It's really really fun. It's also a meta game too, which is always great with that guy. Um, that's fun stuff. But yeah, I mean. This was another fun podcast. It's it's always a good time doing this. And uh, yeah, it's good to see you, buddy. Good to see you as usual. All right, that's going to wrap it up for episode number 404 of On the Corner, the official PitchList.com podcast. We host Alex Fast. And I'm Nick Pollock. We'll talk to you guys next week.